Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope that you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. Amen. If you have a Bible, you can find the book of 1 Samuel chapter 18. By the way, this summer, a lot of our scriptures are going to come from that book, 1 Samuel 18. It's in the Old Testament, about a fifth of the way through a paper Bible. You're welcome to use your phone to look up scripture. I'll get started with a story that happened this last winter. I'm pretty sure this last winter, was this the polar vortex winter? It was cold and we got quite a bit of snow. It was one of those mornings where we had quite a bit of snow and it was still snowing, and I, uh, but it wasn't so bad that you couldn't be on the road. So I was headed into the office, made a turn on a road that I've driven hundreds of times, and in front of me was an SUV driving, in my perception, a little slower than we needed to be driving. Have you ever met those people? How many of you are those people? Okay. Yeah, I just, I was going, okay, yeah, there's, and this, to their credit, there, there was quite a bit of snow on the road, and, it, and so I drove behind, behind him for just a little bit, and then I thought I had what which, which seemed like an okay idea. I thought, I'll pass them, right? So we're going along, and there was plenty of room up front, and so I swung out to pass, and what they did was then they swung into the middle of the road, because this is my guess, I'm pretty sure the story plays it out too, They didn't think passing on a snowy road was appropriate. So I I pulled out. They pulled out to the middle, and I'm like, oh, okay. So I went back in. We went up half a mile longer up over this little hill. The next stretch of road, I just know right where it was, next next stretch of road, and I thought, we're going to try this again. So So I pull out, and they pulled out in the middle, And then I did something that I don't think was God's will. (laughs) Just saying. It wasn't super obnoxious, but it probably created a message that they heard. I just stayed out in that lane. I just went, oh, well, I would just drive like this for a while. So we drove like this. They stayed in the middle, and we drove for quite an extended period of time, like, and just so you know, in my mind, it was kind of fun. Like, whatever. If we're going to go this slow, we might as well have fun doing it. So that kind of thing. Well, it didn't take long, and maybe you know where this is going. I realized that they were not having as much fun as I was, and it really made them angry. And so eventually, God, I asked Jesus to be my Savior, and he said, go back into the lane. <laughs> So I go back into my lane and got peace and calm and thought, it's okay. I'll just drive. It was just going to be a mile, a couple miles at most. Got to the stop sign. Apparently, Jesus had not come into their heart to be their Savior. (laughs) So when we stopped, and this is when things got kind of weird, they actually put their car in reverse and began to back up toward my car. And, you know, probably trying to make a point, you know, we're bigger than you. Because I'm driving a Civic. They're driving this bigger thing. And I thought, oh, so that's what we're going to do. And I just thought, I, no big deal. Just go ahead and hit me. The car's not worth that much, whatever. <laughs> so they, you know, like backed up. And, and I could tell with some of the, motion, the motions that were going in the car, they were angry. So I sat there as they got closer and closer. And I thought, really, 
whatever. Sat there for a while. Eventually, they decided to move forward up to the stoplight where they were going to go straight and I was going to turn. So now we're going to be next to each other. <laughs> and when we got there, it, it, all, it, all, it got... It, <laughs> So pulled up, and then I probably just shouldn't have, but I thought, well, we'll just look over to see what's going on. So, so I'm like, <laughs> this thing. and uh, the young lady that was driving, and I'm assuming it was her husband or a boyfriend on the other side, man, their window came down, and they came unglued at me. And I rolled my window down and let them express themselves. I mean, it was... Fingers were, you know, all that. You, M, you, freaking, it's snowy. No one should pass. Do you not know what is it? Blah, die. I mean, it was like, it was angry. So she like unloaded. I'm like, wow. And then the guy comes across her. Yeah, what she said or something. I don't know. I'm like, we are angry today. And I just kept trying to be a Christian the whole time. Like I, didn't, I, just, I didn't do perfect, but, but it was all pretty, pretty okay. And, and left. And, and then I, so I share that story. One, how do you know every so often, we'll just call it, sneak attack. Every so often, life will be going on, and it's like someone does a sneak attack. Like, wow, some anger thing and some rage thing or will come at you. Does that make sense? How many of you, you've had similar experiences? We won't yet talk to those of you who do that to other people, but it's, it's part of our culture. So it brings up a question. How do you react when under surprise attack? And by the way, I think I observe, maybe not, but there's a, this surprise attack thing is perhaps on the increase in our culture. It feels like there's, a, quite a, there's just some angry people. You can post things on social media, and if you read different posts, like someone's just posting something fairly just whatever, and someone will like verbally, yeah, well, I'm like, wow, that's interesting. Um, it's just a thing. So that's the question. How do you respond? What's the question? When, when under surprise attack. Some options, I think, that come to my mind. For some of us, uh, we just attack back, right? That's our nature. We like right back at them. For others, uh, we tend to do well, and we, if someone strikes, there's a scripture that says, if someone strikes you on the right cheek, we can put it up on the screen, Right. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, you turn to them the other. We 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 get through it re really well, like Jesus would. There's a third category. This is where I usually land. On the outside, I still stay stay calm and it's okay. But on the inside, man, it's tearing me up. I just it it eats me on the inside for a long time because this thing just is chewing on my insides. So I'm not sure. Just think about how do you respond. Which one are you? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You, you, some of you, I just want to tell him what he is. Or Okay, never mind. So hold that thought. Um, we're in a series called Facing Your Giants. 
It's the spiritual journey of a great warrior. His name is David. And today we're going to get to the part of the David story where basically David is going to get sneak attacked under surprise attack. Uh, And so let me give you what's going on in the story. David, this is pretty early in the story. David's doing a lot of things right. He's grown up being faithful in his household. He's been the shepherd for his father. Last weekend, we looked at David's first glimpse, or our first glimpse in, in public life. He takes on a giant named Goliath and wins. And now he's becoming uh, a thing, kind of famous. In today's text, uh, he's going to be celebrated for the victory that he had. He's actually be, being quickly promoted in the military because of his leadership and and uh, skills, and the general population is kind of falling in love with David because of this great victory he just had. But out of, and kind of out of the blue, the king at that time, his name is Saul, all of a sudden Saul gets really cranky at David. And so we'll pick it up, chapter 18, verse 6. They're they're coming home from this victory of David and Goliath, and here's what it says. It says, when the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, that's the story we looked at last week, his name was Goliath, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with timbrels and lyres as they danced They sang, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. So you can picture that. It's a big city celebration. The soldiers won. Woo, let's write a song. This is the song that they write. Verse 8, Saul, that's the king, was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. And this is what's going on in his head. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? Bounce to verse 10. It says, the next day an evil spirit from God came forcefully on Saul. He was prophesying in his house while David was playing the lyre, as he usually did. And then here we go. Here's the attack. Saul had a spear in his hand, and he hurled it, saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. By the way, there are at least two other places where this kind of sneak attack thing happened to David. It's kind of a thing that Saul did, apparently. In the next chapter... Again, David and Saul are in the same room, and it's basically the same uh, thing, an evil spirit from the Lord. By the way, we'll talk about that just a little bit, the the weirdness of evil spirit from the Lord. That sounds weird. Uh, Came on Saul as he was sitting in his house. Here it is again. Saul tried to pin him to the wall with his spear. Also, in the next chapter, this Saul uh, character actually tries to hurl a spear at his own son. Because, and Jonathan didn't deserve it either, but Jonathan, uh, Saul's son, it says Saul's anger flared up at Jonathan because Jonathan was saying good things about David. 
And Saul hurled his spear at him to kill him. And then Jonathan knew that his father intended to kill David. So, title of the talk this weekend is Intent to Harm David Under Attack. And uh, I really want to try to give us some ideas on how can we rise above our uh, aggressive culture or situation. Uh, two groups of people especially, I hope that this is helpful to. The one group is those of us who every once in a while we're going to have to deal with this because someone's going to kind of surprise attack us. By the way, if it, does, if it didn't happen today, it'll happen tomorrow. If it doesn't happen tomorrow, at some point in the next week, the next month. And it, how many you know this is just part of life? Someone's going to come unglued uh, toward us. So hopefully it will help us know better how to respond. But the other group is those of us who may be, uh, have tendencies or patterns where we're, we're attacking people. Um, I've struggled with this. Uh, some of you know my story years ago when I would get too, get too angry with my kids. When, and uh, I've seen God's helped me so much. But you may have this tendency. You're kind of like Saul. All of a sudden, you like come unglued or you're, a, you're chucking spears at people. And they're like, whoa, does that make sense? So we just want to be real here at the Vineyard. And if that's you, I think we've got some uh, things that might help you. Make sense? You good? So uh, let me pause and pray and we'll look at a couple ways that we can rise. By the way, God's will for us is to rise above this if you're a follower of Jesus. Okay? So uh, let's pray. God, help us. Yeah, hope that you'll speak to us way more than I'll just be up here talking about things. So we invite your teaching spirit, the Holy Spirit, to teach us today that we might rise above a, a pretty aggressive world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I've got two ideas. The first one is this I see in the text. Rising above our aggressive culture requires thinking beyond ourselves. Thinking beyond ourselves. What I noticed in the text, after the city starts to sing this song, here's what it says about Saul. It says the refrain displeased him greatly. And then we get this glimpse into what's going on in his head. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought. And here it is. But me, well, what about me? But, but me... Only thousands. And I, the idea here is, and I thought about this, how many times do aggressive situations spring from, most of the time, if not all the time, it's because someone's thinking all about themselves. It's because we get, because we, it's my lane, Mr. Driver. This is my lane. Or it's my schedule. This is my schedule. Don't, don't, keep, don't get... Messed up with my schedule. This is my meeting and you're late. Does that make sense? With this whole, the whole snow conflict thing, there was some of that was me because of my schedule and my right to drive too fast on snow if I want to. Or, you know, like it's my schedule and I, and there's some of the me stuff going on in theirs because they, perhaps are one of those people that are really afraid of, you know, like, but this is snow, you know, we can die in the snow, and that, there's just this me thing, and that's how so many of these fights, arguments, things uh, 
come up. With Saul in the text, right, he's like, but I want to be the most important person in the song. I want to be the king. I don't want David to, what about me? By the way, I want to head for a moment. There's another picture that Saul, there's an alternative to the self-centeredness Saul is exhibiting. He could have looked at the big picture of what's going on this day. Just, just to think through, since David has come on the scene, everything's really pretty good. David just helped him win a 40, there was a 40-day battle going on. David shows up, and they win the battle. Now the soldiers are coming back into town, right? In, Saul's the king. They're celebrating this victory. He's over this region, and people are writing songs. Everybody's turning out for the big fancy parade. There are all kinds of great reasons for Saul to be happy about the big prick picture. And I want to you know, say to Saul, Saul, you're in the song. Right? It says it's, it's, uh, you're there. Why not just be happy, man? Somebody's writing a song with you in it. But you're, he's not the most important. Does that make sense? There's a whole lot. So you can write this down. This is a sad reality. Instead of enjoying the big picture, Saul got irritated by someone else's success. That's a lot of words to write down, isn't it? Well, you're mad right now because, again, I write seven words and a fill in the blank. Come on. Instead of enjoying the big picture, Saul got irritated by someone else's success. Now, before we're too critical of Saul's shallowness, how many of you know this is pretty easy to do? While I was working on this specific point, I mean, it was within the same moments of typing the, instead of enjoying the big picture, Saul got irritated by someone else's success. I got an email from Pastor Steve Huffman here at the church. A lot of you know, especially if you come to Jackson Road, uh, Pastor Steve Huffman. Uh, I got a picture of Pastor Steve. Can you put, how many of you know Pastor Steve? Can we put a picture up? There, you know Pastor Steve. He's up at Grape Road. Now, hey, love you, Steve. And he's up at Grape Road right now. Okay, you can take his picture down. So here's what I got this email from Steve, and, uh, and it's, it said this. We'll put up the email on the screen. He's, he's just letting me know uh, National Vineyard reached out last week and asked me, that's Steve, to lead a workshop on Thursday at the National Conference related to vision creation. And so he was asking me, hey, I'm thinking about staying and doing this there. And he, he finishes with thoughts, because he's asking me, a lead pastor, like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? thoughts? I had two. One, my first thought was, this is awesome. Uh, And if you've ever had the pleasure of working with Steve, he did actually a vision talk here for a regional meeting that we had, uh, which I'm assuming might be connected to why he got it. It was a phenomenal talk. It's got all kinds of skills. He's a huge blessing in my life, in the church's life. He's right now being a blessing at Grape Road. It's like he's bringing all kinds of amazing things and helpful things to the church. So my first thought was how awesome that the national, the national office called Steve and said, hey, would you do this? That's my first thought. You know what my second thought was? What about me? <laughs> what the heck? 
I've been doing this vineyard thing for like ever, half of my life. I'm a regional leader. I have the national director's phone number in my phone. I've never been asked to speak at the national conference. Really? That's just, that, was, that, was, that was the second thing that came to my mind. And I thought a little bit more about Steve. Put his picture up again. I'm like, have you ever talked to him? Because he's pretty tall. I think he's a little too tall to lead an effective workshop <laughs> on vision. Right? You can't be that tall and have a... I'm just messing with you, Steve. Hey, buddy. Okay, so you, you can do that. Take, take away that picture. Irritating picture of Steve. You know, you know, I'm, you know in some ways... Uh, you know, I'm messing, but that, that did, that is true. Those are the thoughts that came to my mind. But, but what, you, what, what we will do better at, and God's will is, we need to stick with the first thoughts and enjoy the big picture and all the great things that are going on instead of getting caught up in the me stuff. By the way, there's a text that I think applies here from James chapter 4. Gosh, this is a great question. It says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? That's a good question. God's got an answer. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. There's a whole lot of self-centeredness in this verse. In fact, if you highlight the word you or yourself, look at that. You, you, your, you, you, you. I think there's almost a dozen times. And that's the core of why we end up in a, a lot of fights, arguments. That's why a lot of us, uh, those of us that struggle with anger, <laughs> I'm going to say it. A lot of that stuff, that's not because of what they're doing. That's because of what's inside of you. So a couple questions to wrap up this point. First one is this. How am I doing at seeing the big picture? How am I doing at seeing the big picture? And can I just say this? Probably not for everybody, but almost everybody listening. Grape Road here, your life, big picture, your life is like, what, 80%, 90%? Awesome. Really, think about it. For most of us, it's great. Your life is good. You got a place to stay. A lot of you, you got a car to drive. You've got heat, electricity. You've got food to eat. You've got like really. Come on, the devil will make us look at the bad stuff all the time. But life is good. We will do better. Think big picture. Then the second one is when was the last time? I celebrated others' success. By the way, I've been on about a five-year journey to celebrate other people's success. I don't know, remember exactly what initiated in my life, um, but I can tell you that choosing, it started with discipline, where I would hear good news about so-and-so, and I would discipline myself and, and celebrate. I'd be like, that is awesome for them. That is awesome. But that discipline has now become delight in my life. I am a happier person because I have 
planted seeds and sown into. When you hear something good that's happened with someone, just go, yeah, that's cool. How cool is that? It really is the best thing for us. So rising above our aggressive culture requires thinking beyond ourselves. And the second idea is it requires recognizing the evil presence. I think it's important to note that the text says an evil... So what initiated Saul chucking spears at people? An evil spirit came into the, the, the room, into his presence, into his... By the way, and we have to just maybe try to address it. It says an evil spirit from God. So you might be thinking, ah, Pastor Mark, what the evil... That's, and, and I would just say that is a, it's unusual. In fact, I think it might be the only time in the Bible where it says it, it associates an evil spirit coming from God. So you want me to explain that to you? Yeah, I can't. I don't know what that is about. I just, it's one of those very unusual times. But a couple of things. Do I believe that that's what happened? I absolutely believe it because that's what the Bible says. And another thing, I will make a little point here, and it might be helpful. God is over, this is good, God is over every being, power, source, natural, good, evil, over every single entity in the universe, my friends. God can make any demon his puppet in a heartbeat. He is the, oh, so, wait, here you go. Uh-oh, look out. A lot of people, we wrongly think that there is a, there's a spiritual battle going on, and it's God up here and the devil here, and they're going, oh, and it's like a big arm wrestling thing, and we're like, oh, I don't know, God, oh, the devil's, God can rip the devil's arm off and chuck it in the garbage disposal when it, that was graphic, every, anytime he wants. Does that make sense? God is patient, yeah, God is patient Hoping people will come to know Jesus Christ. That's why he hasn't ended this thing. That's what's going on. But in this instance, it's just interesting that he kind of takes a different track and just says, I need a demon to do this because I'm going to figure out what I'm going to, I'm doing a work here. And so he just says, you, you're doing this. And that demon cannot say, yeah, but I don't take orders from you. He just says, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll go there. That's the way it works. So there's an evil spirit involved in this. By the way, in, in the next chapter, when Saul chucks a spear at David again, it records again, an evil spirit from the Lord came on Saul. An evil spirit. Interestingly, you can chew on this, at the, the third time that Saul chucks a spear, and this one's at his son, uh, it doesn't mention the presence of an evil spirit. Now, here's something to think about. Could it be, I think it's so, could it be, that the devil, an evil spirit, will come toward in our lives, prompt us, get us to do something one time. Then it'll come, yeah, I'll get them to do it again. And is there a place where that, that demonic thing can get, just steps back? He just gets the ball rolling, then he sits back. Because it, it, then it just says Saul's anger. And I, that's, that's interesting news, but it's good news. Some of the things that we're struggling with that may have started with uh, spiritual strongholds, all those things, you don't have to do that anymore. That's the good news of Christ. You don't have to do that. 
And also, don't be blaming everything that I do. You Don't be blaming everything on the devil. He may be sitting someplace long. He said, I started that 15 years ago. But it's on us. That's just you. Which is, in sense, good news, bad news and good news. You can quit that. Especially with the power of God, the understanding of Jesus, and the Spirit in our life. Good preaching, Mark. Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, just trying to pat myself on the back there. It's all right. Hey, so write this down. Saul's anger flare-ups were initiated by evil showing up. This is important for us to know. Sometimes what we're dealing with is demonic. It's an evil spirit. Uh, one, another fill in the blank real quick is this. If we're going to navigate an aggressive world, it helps to be aware of the unseen forces. That's what we're talking about. We're going to navigate unseen forces. Had a friend who, uh, he and his wife developed a, a discipline in their life. Whenever they would fight, uh, he would, they would stop fighting. And they would grab hands and they would pray and bind the enemy in Jesus' name. And his testimony was, he's now passed away, his testimony was that almost every time, as soon as they would begin to pray, the fight would be over. It'd just be done. In just an assignment, in Mark chapter 5, there's an account of Jesus interacting with a man, uh, could be described as an aggressive man, and it says uh, about the man, he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. It says no one was strong enough to subdue him, so I'm interpreting that as probably an aggressive guy, but Jesus, it says that Jesus said to him, Go get counseling and everything will be better. That's not what Jesus said. Now, by the way, I'm for counseling and some of the things that people could do. But in this case, by the way, it's not all cases, but in this case, Jesus said, come out of, come out of this man, you. And it was a spiritual source. That was what was going on. So there are times you've got to deal with the unseen realm, spiritual things. You've got to pray different prayers. The primary enemy is not that person. It's something unseen or behind them. So let me um, give you, finish up with three ideas for how uh, we can navigate a world with unseen evil things around us, practical things. First thing is this, see beyond the angry person. So if someone uh, surprises, at, uh, attacks, remember that there's also an evil world around. If that gives me grace... If I'm doing well, it gives me grace for the person who, you know, is climbing out their window, their window calling me. The, you know, it just helps me to have some grace. Like, I don't know what's going on on their end, right? So see beyond the angry person. The next one is uh, feel beyond your bad habit. This is a bad fill in the blank. But what I'm trying to say is for those of us who wrestle with anger, you're failing at it. Can I just say it? You're failing. You're like 
chucking spears at people, figuratively speaking, you're like all that. Don't underestimate the evil side of that. If that's you, I'm just going to say it, quit it. And don't just say, well, that's just the way we communicate. That's just the way I feel. That's just how I'm wired. That, if you're in Christ, I'm just going to say it. That is not how you're wired anymore. And we need to repent. That's why we, Jesus comes into our life and he says, that's not how I would act. And a follower of Jesus will say, yes, Lord, please change me. I think there's some process to that. And there's got to be grace, and we've got to say, oh, God, help me. But don't just say it's not that big. It is a big deal. It's, it hurts our culture. It hurts that person. It's, that's bad. It says it's evil. It could be demonic. So take it seriously. Yeah, thank you. Someone, yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. There's about six people that are going. <laughs> I'm like, and that's why I'm saying, no, down boy. That's, does that make sense? Don't, oh, wait, you shouldn't have said that. Oh, God, will you help us not justify our sin because of, because of some other, don't let me justify my sin. That's not the way we get better. That's the way we stay in the rut that we're in. Last thing is pray against our cultural direction. If you have any heart for intercession and prayer, pray for our city. Pray, pray for, the, for people. Pray for our country because there's a lot of demonic, angry, aggressive things that seem to be, uh, in my opinion, seem to be kind of growing. There are a lot of people feeding that anger stuff. How about we are people that pray against that stuff? So we're about ready to close, but almost not quite yet. Uh, so hang with me. Grape Road, hang with me for just a minute, and then I'm going to release you guys. We're going to have an altar call. The Bible talks about being born again in John chapter 3. You've probably heard that term. And I would submit to you, be, the opportunity to be born again is phenomenal news. Not just for a one time, I need Jesus as my Savior, but if you're like me, every once in a while, you have an area of your life or your life is drifting, and you're like, I need to be born again again. I need like a new start in a major life change. Does that make sense? And so today, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pause in a moment, and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and prompt anyone who this is a new life day. It may be directly connected to the things we talked about, Maybe you need new life because of, of uh, anger stuff. And this is not a little thing. This is like, I need born again in this. Uh, it could be that you need new life and forgiveness stuff because you, you've been beat up a lot in your life and you're dealing with unforgiveness. And it's, uh, it could be something totally unrelated. It could be, I need new life just because just you realize you're bad. And by the way, that's a blessing from God. If we realize we're bad, because then we can say, I need a Savior who forgives me. So uh, it's a new life opportunity. So let's pause. I'll pat, pass it back to Grape Road for you guys to navigate it at this point. Let's bow our heads, and we're going to pause. Holy Spirit.
If there are folks here, I have to believe there are some. This is the day or one of the days that you put your hand on their shoulder and say, I am offering you a different life. A new life. A life that's free from you fill in the blank. A life filled with hope, a life filled with forgiveness, a life free from a temper, So if you feel like the God of the universe is telling you today is a new life day, for some of us I feel like it might be a lordship day. We believe Jesus is our Savior, but we don't follow him as Lord. Uh, If any of these things apply to you, I'm going to ask you to stand where you are, and then in a moment I'll invite you to come forward and we're going to do a massive group prayer over you. So if you feel God prompting, will you stand where you're at? Ready, go. Thanks. It's good. Oh, I know it takes courage to do that. Thank you for that. Anybody else? God in his amazing love is calling you by name and saying, Hey, I want to, I want to bring you a new start. Anyone else? By the way, if God is prompting you, you'll know it because you'll feel it. And the best decision is to go, yeah, I don't care what people think. I'm going to stand up because I, w- I want God to be the person who approves me. Anyone else? Okay, those of you that are standing, if you would just make your way right up here, and then I'm going to have the entire church stand, and we're going to pray a prayer over these people that God will bring into their life, the newness stuff. All right? I'll just come right here. And if we've got some uh, leaders, if you're a member at the church, uh, after they gather, just you all just squish together here. A couple of you come up and lay hands on... Keith, whatever, come up and lay hands. Come this way and face me if you're receiving prayer. So God, we pray for these. Church, uh, a lot of you know the drill, so pray. God, we're praying for these people. We don't know exactly what's going on. Maybe they've been Christians for a while. Maybe they've never asked for new life again. Some of them have specific areas, but in Jesus' name right now, we pray that your goodness would flood into their lives, that this would be a new start day. A new start day. Just that, God, I thank you that you are a God who brings us new starts. Some of us need more hope than what we've been having. Feels like that for somebody. Because life's been really rough. And you're going to give us a different perspective. For some, it might be their first time ever born again. 
think that's you. Are you the hope? You need hope because life's been really rough. Okay. So God really likes you, okay? He really loves you and he'll bring help. It's okay. So God, just bring help. Yeah, Michael, lay your hand on her shoulder. Just, God, just bring more. Just bring hope and help and love and care to us. Uh, is anybody up here repenting of the anger thing? Raise your hand. God, just help us. God can make us new. We don't want to be hurtful people. We want to be helpful, loving people. So help us be more like you, Jesus. Just pray all the goodness of God into your hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, you guys, uh, congregation, you've been super patient. Thank you for praying. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray that you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.